Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 139 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. Totally the first time I'm doing the intro. Totally didn't uh, boof it the first time. Uh, this is Patrick in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin the Professor Anderson in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Uh, Justin, how are you? Doing great, man. Um, it's It was a busy weekend. I umpired two doubleheaders at one Saturday, one Sunday, so... Didn't get much of a break, but uh, yeah, looking forward to having the coming weekend off and the Canada Day. Well, I guess it's sort of a Canada Day weekend with it being on a Thursday. I'm going to try and take that Friday off just to have like a good break. Yeah, buddy, I, I booked off the that Friday so I wouldn't have to come in. Yeah. And then I booked off the, I think the following Monday as well. So I've got Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday off. Question to you before we tell people where to find us. If how would you feel if instead of being on July first, they just put Canada Day on the first Friday of July, like a roving holiday like Thanksgiving or Victoria Day? Like it doesn't have a fixed date; it just appears on like a specific day of the month. Ooh, that's a really good question. Right, because yeah, it, it ends up on a Thursday or a Wednesday, like it was last year. It's just super inconvenient for people because it basically forces us to use our vacation days. It's a government conspiracy to use our vacation days, Patrick Marsh. It is a little bit, yeah, it's a little bit trash in that way, but at the same time, Canada, like, the reason why July 1st is picked at all is because that was the date that they had signed the, you know, the documents. To didn't make they Canada actually a- sign it, like, didn't they want to actually do it, like, in the middle of winter and Queen Victoria was like, no, nah, fuck that, you're doing it in the summertime because winter is miserable? I heard no, that I was don't. a thing. I don't know, man. I'm a history major, but I've never heard that before. I, I was, I've heard that at, at one point. I never did look it up, but somebody reputable that I believe would tell me the truth that <laughs> that would know these kind of things told me this and was like, yeah, apparently Canada like first approached the crown and then, then the dead of winter about becoming independent. And they were like, yeah, sure, but like wait till summer because winter sucks in Canada and you guys like are going to want to party. So, <laughs> Well, if you're looking for the definitive truth, you can follow us on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. You won't find it there. Nope. Uh, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, Google, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, a whole bunch more. The website's still there. Leave us alone. We'll get to it at some point. We'll get some stuff up there it's hard to do though because we're a two-man show i post a quick little blog with every episode in the description just to like put some content on there so there is content it's just episode descriptions (laughs) it's just not a lot there's not a lot sometimes i add some more it's hard to do remember how earlier on in the year i was like man i'm gonna write this whole series about the history of the blue jays it's gonna be terrific and i've written one episode no, one and a half episodes out of like 50 that I plan on doing. Insert so, Mr. Bean waiting dot gif. Yeah, there's going to be, <laughs> it just, it takes a long time and it's hard to do during the season. Yeah. And it was an idea I only just came up with as the season started. We're already frustrated enough with this team. We don't need to spend extra time on it. I know. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Anyway, shout out to all the fathers out there. Happy Father's yeah. Day. Yeah. Uh, and I think, I'm pretty sure we did a happy Mother's Day too, but if not... Happy Mother, Happy Parents Day to all the parents and grandparents and everybody who uh, has a baby in their life. Um, one of my favorite stories to come out of the Father's Day weekend goes back to our boy Justin Smoke. Kristen Smoke uh, tweets: uh, Justin had to make the tough decision to return back to North America uh, because it it was, appeared pretty obvious that uh, she wasn't going to be able to leave. 
and go to Japan with the kids. Uh, so he decided to come home to the fam. Um, there's going to be more details in the future. I think she's tweeted that too. Yeah. Uh, and it's a really, it's a very touching 30 second video uh, where you can watch Justin, uh, Justin, Justin, because uh, you're both named Justin, reunite. <laughs> With I had a brain melt there. Um, you can see you can see Smokey uh, reunite with his two babies, uh, and it's terrific. It's just great. Yeah, the uh, and all the replies on that post from the the Giants fans, like the Jap the Japan Giants, um, were all super like supportive and be like, yeah, like who who would not want to be with their family? So they basically told him, hey, like. Uh, please come to Japan with your family sometime. We'll be waiting for you. Somebody posted a picture of Smokey batting at the Tokyo Dome, which is pretty cool. So, yeah, definitely. Uh, love to see the the support from the Japanese baseball fans on that too. Absolutely, super love wholesome it. post. You love to see it. You love to see stuff like that. It's it's just really, uh, really nice feeling to see something like that. And that was a good way. That was a good way to kind of deal with. Uh, or like see you on on Father's Day weekend. So yeah, I mean, we got a awesome. lot of news. We got a lot of news, Justin. So take it away. Let's uh, yeah, let's do it. A few things. We'll uh, I'll go through some of the lighter stuff first. Um, the Blue Jays have announced that Salem Field is expanding to full capacity beginning on Thursday when they will host the Baltimore Orioles for four games. One thing to note: the uh, the lowest ticket price is about a hundred bucks after you add on the fees. So they're they're kind of gout. It's a hundred bucks Canadian ish. So a, that's a pretty expensive ball ticket. I know when I've been to big league ballparks, you can usually get a, a good seat kind of, I'd say like center, like right above the above home plate in the second deck for like 35 to 40 US dollars. So this is about double the price uh, of that right now with the dollar being about 84 cents or whatever it is. So they'll do a little bit of price gouging there, but uh, is what it is. Uh, they are doing Vladimir Guerrero Jr. bobblehead day on the 25th, Patrick Marsh. So they're giving the fans Ooh. of Buffalo something to, to show up for, which is nice. I think it's really the first giveaway they've done this season there. Um, a lot of fans, There's there were some salty folks on Twitter. Blue Jays Twitter has never been salty, so this was a real, real shock to me. Uh, <laughs> yep. Hashtag sarcasm. Um, but there then there are people like, oh, why don't they wait until they come back in Toronto? It's like, I'm pretty sure they're going to do a, a metric fuck ton of giveaways when the Blue Jays are back in Toronto because they're going to want people to, to show up and to thank them for staying loyal to the team over the past two seasons. Um, George Springer news. I'm actually going to skip this for one second, do two more things. John Axford, minor league agreement with the Blue Jays, uh, was pending a physical, I believe he's passed that, but he'll report to uh, Buffalo, I believe. Well, probably to Rock... Or, where the Bisons are calling home in Trenton these days. I'd imagine either there or in double A to kick off a minor league deal with the Jays as he tries to uh, make an MLB comeback a couple of years after he last pitched uh, in the big leagues. So that'll be interesting to see if the Axe man can step out of the Sportsnet studios and, and back onto the field. It's almost like Brian Burke leaving Hockey Night in Canada to become the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins like president and CEO or the, whatever the hell his role is. Um, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. has decided not to participate in this year's Home Run Derby this per Hazel May. He's looking forward to being at the All-Star Game in Colorado, but told me he'd like to use the time to regroup, refresh mentally for the second half of the season. That's a super mature approach. I don't know how you feel about it, uh, but I think that's the right call for Vladdy uh, as he looks to continue to carry this team offensively. 
Uh, it, I mean, it sucks for fans of the home run derby and the all-star game of which there are very few to be, <laughs> uh, but that I was just going to say that, that being said, um, yeah, this is, I'm actually not surprised at all that this happened. It's a good call. Yeah. We, we, I think we talked about this off mic the week before. And I was thinking to myself, like if, if, if this team is going to compete, and they're going to take it seriously. They need Vladdy to be healthy. And if there's a non-zero chance that he could get hurt or pull something during that fucking home run derby, yeah, I'd rather, I'd really rather not. But yeah. the thing is, he's probably going to end up starting, and so is Marcus Semien, and Bo Bichette will probably be there too. So, and it's very likely that Grichuk and uh, Teoscar Hernandez will get the, you know, the requisite number. Uh, yeah, they'll be reserves uh, probably yeah, too. Yeah, they'll probably be reserves. And yeah. then then the jury's out on pitching and there's a good chance that uh one of Ryu and or Robbie Ray could end up being there as well. It's hard to say. Yeah, it'd be really cool to see uh Vladdy, Samin and, and Bo play in the infield for an inning together before they pull the starters. It, it would suck cuz they'd have to move they'd have to pull Bogarts out of the game to put Bo in. Um, as he's because he's probably going to start for the AL, he will because he's way ahead in votes. But it'd be really yep. sweet to see like a a Blue Jays trio on the infield for even just a half inning. It'd be pretty sweet. I agree. It's not going to happen though. Probably no. not. Yeah. It's, and you know what? But Vladdy honestly, and Vladdy and Marcus will make up the right side, which would be nice. Yeah. Like honestly, like they're all going to get like maybe two at bats, depending on how like if if yeah the maybe starters the usually AL... get two and then they pull them after that. Yeah, it'd be, they'd be lucky if they get more than that, and it, unless uh, the AL just absolutely thwomps in the first inning, they might get three. <laughs> yeah, but like they're not they're they're not there to to play a whole game. No, they're there. it's a showcase. Um, anyway, that's it for All Star Talk. Uh, I teased it earlier, but George Springer news: he has uh, been playing in in AAA. Uh, there was some fear of putting people on Saturday when they removed him from a game after three innings, but that was due to the fact that it was raining and they didn't want any any potential risk of him like slipping on wet grass. Just super smart move by the Blue Jays as they bring him up to speed and they didn't want to uh, take the massive PR dump on their faces that they would have if he would have hurt himself playing on a wet field. But he played again on Sunday. I think he played seven innings in center field. Um, the Bisons, of course, are off today because the minor league seasons are made so that nobody plays on Mondays and they play a six-game series the rest of the week. So the Jays and the Bisons both share an off day today. Now, the Blue Jays freed up a 40-man roster spot yesterday. I believe they DFA'd Colt Beasley. Yep. Um, so they have a roster spot open. And they did not make a corresponding move. They told everybody that they were waiting until Tuesday. Uh Ross Atkins did say on his Zoom call that the Blue Jays were going to have to make a decision with George Springer on whether or not to extend his rehab assignment or to just call him up to the big leagues. Now, the speculation from everybody, including Dan and Tabby on yesterday's broadcast, is that they, they everyone kind of expects that Springer is going to be active in Miami for tomorrow's baseball game. Is that how you feel about it, Patrick Marsh? Hmm. You know, he's, he's played, I think, four parts of four games in center field and a couple games at DH and has had to run on a few occasions. To He tried to leg out a, a ground ball infield single in his first plate appearance in the minors. He ran full tilt and almost beat it out. 
He's made a few running catches in center. He's hit some extra base hits. Has walked and had to run the bases. So I, I, I feel like if something was going to tweak, it would have tweaked already because we saw it in like his first game back that he didn't look right when he played in, with the Jays in April. So I think he's probably okay at this point after like six game, six days of playing baseball. Yeah, he went three for 15, which isn't great. Uh, but cares? he cares? But out of his three hits, two of them were bombs. So, and, I mean... Yeah, and one of them, like... He, Rochester has a super janky park. It kind of looks like the same dimensions as, as Houston's park, where they have, like, the kind of the short left field porch and then, like, that cutout. And he hit one into, like, that cutout, and it was caught, like, two feet away from the warning track in the little cutout where it would have been a home run if he hit it, like, three feet to the left. So, like, he's hit, he's been hitting the ball fine. And the most important thing was running and fielding because I don't want to bring him up just to have to DH him every day. Yeah. If it were, honestly, are is the team going to be that much worse without George Springer the next six games? They're against really weak opponents. That doesn't really matter. I mean, we saw the Orioles bomb against us on the weekend. Like, they were hitting mad bombs. Like, Mullins, Mancini, Mount Castle hit three in a game. Like, they were hitting home runs. I don't think it really... Offense isn't really Baltimore's problem. It's the fact that they're throwing out Matt Harvey, who has like an eight ERA as a starting pitcher. That's their issue. Yeah, I don't understand why they don't transition him into uh, like either an opener or just do the first four innings. Because by the time he gets yeah. to see everybody the third time, they got the book on him. Yeah, it's just so, it's, it's dumb how managers don't make those adjustments. But I digress. This is about George Springer. I think he's up tomorrow. And um, Charlie talked about like potentially hitting him in like the five or six spot in the batting order until he gets it going. Then move it because he's. I mean, you don't really want to touch the top three right now, and even the top four because Tay Oscar since he's come back. He played well yesterday in his first game off the paternity list. By the way, congrats to Tay Oscar and his wife. Yay! On the healthy baby. Um, that's congrats great. To Jonathan Davis too. Yeah, Jonathan Davis. He's taken a few more days, so we hope everything is okay with mom and baby there, and that uh, JD and, and his wife can have a, a happy welcoming. To, I believe that's their probably. I think that's their second child as well. So it was Tay Oscar's second child. So good for him. Um, good Father's Pretty Day cool. weekend present. I, I honestly, I'd be okay with George Springer taking an extra week. Uh, in rehab but if obviously if like if he doesn't think it's necessary if you know if nobody thinks it's necessary then yeah fuck it yeah it's not like we're waiting for george springer to prove that he can hit this (laughs) this isn't like this isn't a prospect scenario yeah and he's not a pitcher either where if you look like shit in triple a you're not getting yeah this is like hey rowdy telez looked like shit in triple a when we sent him down they still called him back up and by the way he hasn't been utilized at all I was kind of surprised. I'm still of the camp that I think that Ray Telez is like the the 26th man on this roster right now. I think the Blue Jays would almost rather keep Jonathan Davis than Ray Telez at this point. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say because because Rowdy can't run. <laughs> uh, do you include Santiago Espinal on the 26th man? I do. Yes. Do you include Joe Panic? I do. Then we have a short bullpen. So who's getting the DFA? Well, Beasley already did. No, but there's still somebody else has to go down in order. Somebody else has to go down in order for George Springer to come up. No, because they they sent Beasley, they DFA'd Beasley off the roster yesterday. That's the forty. Ma- that's the forty man. Yeah, though. but Springer's already on the forty man, Patrick, and Beasley was on the active roster. Yeah, but so they the got 20, rid of him for the twenty six man roster. I'm telling you, it, they don't need to move anybody because Beasley was on that, and they DFA'd him yesterday, so he is off the active roster. They're currently sitting at twenty five. So they are only... we assuming? Axford isn't any time soon. Axford's then? a minor league deal, Patrick. He's mm-hmm. not on the forty man roster. He's a minor league. He's a minor league deal. 
he has to pitch at AAA to show that he actually has anything okay. left. Okay. He's not he's yeah. not on the forty man. Like Springer's uh, already on there. So all I have to name? do is activate him and he's good. What, what's his name has to be on the uh, uh on the uh the twenty six man two, the guy we just acquired? Jacob uh, Barnes. Jacob yeah, Barnes. Yeah, but they'll they'll probably option that might be either Tolaz or Espinal. It's not gonna be Espinal. Yeah, I think <laughs> he's it'll hitting be he's hitting like four hundred in his last eight. The problem is though, this is an interesting debate because if you look at the guys who have options, it'd be Tolaz or Espinal. Or Jonathan Davis has one option. Like he has an option left this year. I'd like to make a stack correction. In his last seven games, Espinal's hitting 450. In his last yeah. 15 games, he's hitting 400. Yeah. He's hitting 278 for the season. It's only 90 at bats, which isn't great, but his OBP is 337. So he is drawing walks. He's drawn yeah. eight walks in 30 games. He was on, I think he drew two walks in, in one game this weekend. Yeah. So uh, his um, slug, he has no. No, like home run power. No, to speak he's of, he's strictly like base hits. He's contact. He can run. But his defense uh, is great too. Yeah, he's got two stolen bags. Um, yeah. I don't think. No, I would protect Santiago Espinal at all costs as far as the roster goes. Yeah, I um, think it's I think it's probably Jonathan Davis who goes just because Springer's an outfielder, yeah. and you also have Biggio who's been kind of playing outfield too. Um, Biggio will bump Espinal back to the bench and they'll put Biggio back at third because they're going to have Teoscar in left or, and Gretchen Or he right. DHs. Or he DHs. But then you lose one of Gritch or Teoscar or Guriel because Guriel was DHing on the weekend a little bit. Guriel's hitting 222 in his last 15. He can he can have a seat on the bench while yeah. somebody else hits. Yeah, okay. I I have a hard time keeping Espinal in the lineup when you have your I think Guriel's still a better player than Espinal. So I agree with you. However, we already if if Springer is up tomorrow, then Guriel one hundred percent has to be the odd man out. Yeah, and that puts him into either like a left field spot or a DH spot. Because yeah. Um, anyway. <laughs> but also keep in mind that Kavan Biggio is also hot right now. The thing is you have a lot of flexibility. I think the person whose time gets cut into the most out of all of these guys is going to be Joe Panic. Joe Panic, yeah. Joe Panic and Ryan Telaz are going to do a lot of sitting. There's going to be a lot of sitting for them. And really, I think the, Rowdy. I think Rowdy goes. Rowdy through. hasn't played at all. Like the, really, the only justification for keeping Rowdy on the active roster is that he is a first baseman, and he's like our only true first baseman behind Vladdy. But like Biggio played there in the minors. They've tried Griel there a couple times. That hasn't gone well. Um, I think if anybody could play first base, it's probably Cavan because he plays everywhere else anyway. So, I mean, why not just put him at first base if you, if you need to DH Vladdy for a game? Because Vladdy and Bo have played in every game so far this season. Rowdy Telez is slashing 189, 254 yeah, in June. The only thing that's really... Like, Have a seat. Have yeah, a seat, the only thing that's keeping Rowdy around is his like his he's still hitting the ball very hard. It's just he's not hitting it in the right places. So there is some bad batted ball luck. Like his expected batting average is much higher than that, but that's expected. Doesn't, it hasn't doesn't happened. matter. Yeah, that's theoretical. Anyway, I'm sure this conversation will be moot by the, this time tomorrow because the Blue Jays will make some roster moves and we'll know if Springer is up or not. Um, but looking back at the weekend, the Blue Jays managed to squeak out two out of three against Baltimore. 
It wasn't looking good for the first 17 innings of the series, Patrick Marsh. Uh, the Blue Jays lost the first game 7-1. to one. A quality start from Robbie Ray, almost. He only went four and a third. His pitch count got up. Did only allow two runs. Thornton came in, had a good five outs, but then Patrick Murphy and, and Beasley really screwed the pooch on this one. Uh, Murphy gave up three runs in an inning and a third, and Beasley gave up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. So the Orioles scored five runs in the eighth and beat the Blue Jays 7-1, to one, holding the Jays to only uh, four hits, and one of them, the only run that they got was on a Gurriel solo home run. That's all you can say about that game. <laughs> on Saturday, uh, it was 7-4 um, to four for Baltimore, going to the top of the ninth inning. Alec Manoa actually got tossed from this game after hitting a batter, and he had given up four home runs. Um, Ryan Mountcastle was Alec Manoa's daddy that day. Oh, yeah. Um, he had three home runs in the game. To Manoa's credit, only one of the home runs was more than a solo shot, so he, the four home runs accounted for all five runs that he allowed. He only walked one and struck out six, and the only hits that he gave up were all home runs. Four hits, four home runs, one walk. Every base runner that he that he allowed came around to score, <laughs> basically. He looked at it that way. Uh, he was ejected. The bench is cleared. Vladi manhandled Freddie Galvis and literally picked him up and moved him over to the pile, which was super hilarious. What, um, can we just? I just want to clarify this because I know like people were talking about this on Reddit and everything like that. It was in jest. It was not him. Picking yeah, him yeah. Up. It wasn't like him Body throwing him. It was literally like they were laughing about it. He <laughs> looks like he picked him up and carried him away from the from the scrum. Yeah, they played together like in 2019 when Vladi was first called up when Galvis was a Blue Jay. So, and they were joking about it on the diamond before yesterday's game too. They they recreated the scene. It was kind of funny. Um, so after Manoa gets tossed, Anthony Kay comes in and did not look good either. He gave up two solo home runs. Over three and a third, uh, struck out three, didn't walk a batter. Uh, and then Anthony Castro comes in, mops up one out. Jordan Romano ends up becoming the winning pitcher in this game, Patrick Marsh. He pitches the Whoa. eighth and the ninth, holds the Orioles scoreless, even though it was a little dicey at times, because the Blue Jays managed to score six runs in the top of the ninth inning. Um, a little bit lucky because the Bo Bichette at bat, which was an insanely intense at bat, he fouled off seven pitches in <laughs> yeah. a row and then flared a ball to shallow right field. The outfield was playing deep, so Santander comes charging in, dives. It hits inside the webbing of his glove on the very end and then pops out onto the ground and allows two runs to score. Uh, Vladi proceeds to hit a first-pitch double. Randall Grichuk hits a second-pitch double, both to the left center field gap, and that puts the Blue Jays up. 10 to 7. Romano shuts them down. Game over. That was ended the five game losing streak. So the Blue Jays were really like an out away from losing six in a row and two to and, and the first two to Baltimore. It could have been it could have been a completely different tone of our episode today. It would have been sad like last time, um, if <laughs> yeah. not for that six run ninth inning. Uh, f- the Jays only had 10 hits in the game, so they scored 10 runs on 10 hits. That was probably due to the fact that they were able to draw six walks. Uh, two from Biggio, two from Espinal in that game. Uh, every starter reached base except for Reese McGuire uh, and Jared Hoying, who only had two at bats. And he was also already optioned back to AAA when they uh, call it, when they reactivated Teoscar at the paternity list. So every starter except for the eighth and ninth spots reached base, and Guriel did have a hit 
in the eighth spot. So the only spot that didn't have a hit or or reach base in that game was the number nine spot, our catchers. So everyone pretty else much, contributed. <laughs> pretty much as soon as uh, Hoying struck out, he he returned to the <laughs> yeah. dugout and was immediately option. No, yeah, wasn't that bad. it wasn't immediately. What but... can he do? It, that <laughs> yeah. wasn't really what he was there for anyway. No. Um, but yeah, they gave him a start, made his big league debut. He had been signed like at the end of May. He had been playing in a KBO in Korea. Um, so yeah, good for him. Hopefully he contributes in AAA and maybe gets another shot later on this season. But uh, yeah, it was a an insanely intense ninth inning. I happened. Uh, Patrick and I had said that we weren't going to watch that game after the way the <laughs> the previous games had gone. I was doing a double header, and I got home. Just in time, I like went to check the scores. I thought it was probably over by then because obviously the game went long, and it was in the bottom of the eighth, and the Jays were down seven to four. Romano was pitching. I was like, "Oh, screw it! I'll I'll just turn this on in the background while I have a shower." So I'm in the shower when the whole like the chaos starts happening in the ninth, and yeah, I was literally like just like in the shower as they won the game. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Yep. Uh, I, t- I, I tuned in just as uh, Bo had fouled off like the sixth pitch. Uh, oh, yeah. I had just I'd flicked it back the game the like game center or whatever on my phone just because I'm a masochist and I was like <laughs> I I was as soon as I saw he had fouled off like six in a row I was like he's gonna get a hit here so I turned it back on and just watched the rest of the game. I, it's not that I'm a fair weather fan. It's just I needed. If when you watch we every a, game, it was like a like a green juice cleanse. We needed a blue yeah. juice cleanse for a, when you a, for watch a day. every fucking game, every inning, every pitch. Yeah. Um, and you're 35 and 35, boys. Let me tell you, you sometimes you just need a break. All right. Yeah, it's <laughs> tough to watch 162 games of anything, and you multiply that by like the three hour average. Uh, and if they play every day for almost six months, that's a lot of time you spend watching baseball. Yeah. And especially in the middle of a day on a weekend, well, I guess for you it would have been the evening, but for me it was the middle of a yeah. day on a weekend. I was outside on a ball dive and umpiring two absolute dog shit games, by the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not great. My hometown Oof. team was in town to play a, a, one of the Saskatoon teams, and Lloyd Minster got mercyed 18 to nothing in the first game. Oh. And then twelve to two in the second game. So yeah, they did not have a good performance. It was tough to to call those games. But uh, yeah, anyway, yeah, we 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 watched the, we watched we both watched the end of the game. I listened to it technically in the in the bathroom. Let me tell you, as a as a guy who used to listen to the radio broadcasts, this was really the first time I had spent a lot of time listening to like just listening to the TV broadcast. And my God, it's like I love Dan Schulman. They're doing what they can. But there's so much dead air where I'm like trying to guess what's going on, and like I hear the contact, and then like ten seconds later it's like, oh, and Bo fouls off another one, and I'm like, well, you couldn't have said that. Like, what's the count? I don't know what the count is. Like, they're not doing a great job, and like Sportsnet, please bring back the radio broadcasts. It's like, my fucking god, you got Ben Wagner just rotting down in Dunedin right now, so he didn't come. He didn't come to Buffalo with the team, <laughs> so the poor guy, just rotting down there, could be easily doing a radio broadcast, but it is what it is. Yep, you know what though? Got the dub. We got the dub. Uh, so yeah, the Jays salvaged that one, win ten to seven, end the losing streak. And then on Sunday, uh, Matt Harvey cruises through four innings, and you're like, Jesus! So we're not going to get a hit off a guy who has a seven plus ERA. 
And then all of a sudden, the fifth inning happens. They score four runs on him, chase him, get into the bullpen. Uh, we're up four to one, score two at the top of the eighth to go up six to one. Trent Thornton comes in and gives up a couple of bombs and three runs, and it's seven. It's six to four, and you're like, oh god, here we go again. And then they do scrounge together a run in the ninth inning to make it seven to four, and then they bring in Tyler Chatwood. And boy, oh boy, um, I nearly wet myself when I saw Chatwood warming up. And then I was like, oh, right, Romano threw two innings and like 35 pitches yesterday, so he's not coming in. Dolis is on the IL. Uh, I don't want Tim Mays at a close. So it's like, I guess it's Chatwood today. And to his credit, he walked the first batter on four pitches and then got three really weak ground balls to end it. So uh, that's his, that was his third good outing in a row since the, the hit-by-pitch, walk-hit-by-pitch debacle at Fenway. So... Maybe Tyler Chatwood is getting back to where he was. I mean, his ERA is down below up to around 430 again, and it was over six for a while. So uh, it'd be ideal if he could be good. In that game, Patrick, every spot in the lineup got on base except for Marcus Simeon. He went 0 for 6. Tough game for him. Um, Espinal drew another walk, so he had a few walks over the weekend. McGuire had four hits, including, I think, three doubles. Um, terrific he's, yeah he's terrific. terrific he's been terrific yeah two rbis and two runs scored so he was a big part of the offense that game uh everybody else chipped in a hit at least a hit and yeah it was, it was great they only struck out nine times drew five walks again um and they won the game seven to four and sit back at 500 so i mean we we, we thought we were going to get a sweep and if the if the guys get more than four hits on Friday, they might have done better. I mean, Robbie Ray didn't give him a ton of length, but also didn't give up a ton of runs either. But yeah, just got they got beat by a rookie pitcher in the bullpen. So those rookie pitchers, you just never know. Like they've no one's seen him before. They don't really know who he is. Sometimes they just come out and they beat the crap out of you. Yep. Guess who's hitting two ninety seven during the month of June? Two ninety seven. Uh is it Kevin Biggio? It's Reese McGuire. Ooh. Surprise, actually, for the entire season, which for him is 65 at-bats, which is equal to, like, 20-ish, 25 games I'd say 20 games, max. 20, 25, something like that. Anyway, he's hitting 277 with an OBP of 329 and a slug of 431, which gives him an OPS Seven fifty ish or seven sixty. Yeah, it sounds like uh, it sounds like Jansen will be back before Kirk, so we'll, we'll probably get the Jansen McGuire. Uh, the Riley Adams experiment has ended. Yeah, once Jansen's back for sure. Yeah, I think we um, could we could see him on a rehab assignment anytime because he's been on the IL for more than ten days. So Jansen has. They'll get him, they'll get him a couple of games at AAA, so we could even see him and Springer switch places tomorrow. It's 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 possible. Uh, yeah, a hot take for you. I, I didn't want to, I was, I was going to save this for Sunday because I want to <laughs> see six more games of Reese McGuire. Uh, hot take though. Reese McGuire is swinging way, way better than Danny Jansen is. And I think that he should stay as, uh, 1A until, um, Kirk until, until Kirk comes back at least. And even then you got a tough, tough decision yeah. because if if reese mcguire jansen's got hitting, options jansen has options i'm just saying that rehab stint might be a couple extra weeks it could because, be try and get him try and get that back going but reese looks really good at the plate he's redeveloped that patience that he had 
uh, in his first season where he hit, what was it, two in 30-something yeah, games. He, well. he hit 299, and then last year he was just absolutely abysmal. Uh, let's write off the whole year for him, though. It was only 41 at-bats, and the whole, you know, uh, Florida parking lot thing <laughs> yeah, kind of screwed, screwed him. Dollar Tree Dollar Tree brings him bad memories. Yeah, uh, career 252, though, in 89 games. So, I mean, like, he's proven to be an extremely competent backup. He's got his hitting back. Uh, and defensively, he's, you know, just as serviceable as Danny Jansen. So, yeah. I mean, I say just ride him. Ride him until uh, he goes cool, and then that's your opportunity to bring Jansen back. Yeah. Give Jansen that time that he needs, clearly, to rehab and get his swing up. And For sure. Because he, like, he looks like the shit's at the plate. and You can't can't win ball games if your five, five, six, seven, eight, nine hitters are all just a black hole of productivity not that springer will be but you know yeah all right well it's tough (laughs) before we talk about miami let's do a quick uh who's hot who's not segment here i just want to highlight one one hitter who's doing both hot and cold and then one hot pitcher one cold pitcher um vladimir guerrero jr has obviously got to be the hot batter right now month of june statistics patrick marsh he's carrying a 379 average a 468 on base percentage and a 773 slugging. So that OPS is over 1.2 right now, which you love to see. Um, 25 hits in 65 at bats. He scored 14, <laughs> driven in 17, seven home runs, a triple, three doubles, and his walks 11, strikeouts 18. That's a pretty tight ratio right there. The not hitter is Randall Grichuk. Now, this guy has. Has cooled off. If Vladdy is hot, Randall is ice cold. He does have 15 hits in the month, but the stat for me that really jumps out, he's only scored five runs. He's only driven an eight on four home runs. But the one that really bothers me the most, Patrick Marsh, he has two walks and 24 strikeouts, a 12 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio. That does not a, uh, a good number five hitter make. <laughs> no. It's really bad. Yeah. It's really, really bad. And uh, like, you'd almost see him drop down to seven. Yeah, and people's, people are like, oh, but batting average isn't the thing anymore. Yeah, but if he's got a 224 on base percentage, oof. Yeah. Gritchick, <laughs> the, the OPS know, is barely over 600 for the month. Does Gritch really draw walks, or is he like he an does all not. or nothing kind of guy? Gritch, Gr- Andrew Gritchick is like Boba Shett. He's like Lord of Scurriel. He's got to be hitting for power to be a contributor and he's like a, a 105 wrc plus career he's, he's a league average player for his career and we're seeing that randall gritchick right now we're actually seeing a worse than that randall gritchick but um hopefully he was really really struggling with the few games that teoscar was out because i think he was using the cleanup spot and for some reason they should just put biggio there because he was actually hitting um but Gritchick moving down to five and then likely down to six or seven once Springer gets back, I think that'll ease the the pressure, I guess, mentally on him that he maybe feels when he hits higher up and they'll make it easier for him to hopefully re- do what he was doing in April and May. So, pitchers, do you have anything to say about Gritch? Uh... Anything more to add? I think it should drop to eight or nine. Actually, yeah. really, yeah, the lower the eight. better... Almost nine. Reese is Reese is so hot right now. I think you gotta you gotta see what he can do. Yeah, I'm with you. With um, men on base. 
pitchers. Robert Ray, he's going to be our hot pitcher for the month so far. Uh, last start out wasn't his best, but again, only gave up two runs. He started four games. He's pitching to a 278 ERA in the month, holding opponents to a 241 average, and the whip is at 1.24. Seven walks to 37 strikeouts. That's the big thing for Robbie Ray. The walks have ticked back up a little bit, but if you, you're getting less than two walks per start right now, you're going to take that all day of the week. Only allowed three home runs so far. That was a big issue for him in the season. So if he can cut the home runs down to less than one per start, you'd love to see that. Um, seven runs on 21 hits in 22 and two-thirds innings. So he's giving the Blue Jays nearly six innings per start. It would have been six innings if not for the uh, the short one last time out. But a really good month for Robbie Reyes. He continues to make his case for an All-Star game appearance. Robert Ray. Strikeout master. Strikeout machine. Just unbelievable, the turnaround that he's had since he's figured out the walks and everything. Yeah. Uh, the set, Even the seven walks in his four games is still probably that's, higher than... That's fine. <laughs> it, it is. I agree. It is fine. The three home runs are mildly concerning, but they tend to be solo shots with Robbie. Yeah. Uh, he's great at limiting base runners. Um, yeah. The strikeout to walk ratio was just bananas. It's just... He's firing on all cylinders. If you look if it at, were, if it were me, I would rather Robbie Ray be at the All Star game than Juan Jin Ryu. Yeah, if you look at these numbers here, so even if you take the four starts, he's averaging just about uh, six, about five and a third innings per start. That's a, he's on pace for like a two and a half walks per nine. That's not bad. That's actually really good. Um, Anthony Castro was our not pitcher. And boy, has he ever been not hot this month. Um, after being one of the stars of the, the Goose Egg Gang back in April, uh, his ERA on the, on, on, for the month is 945, Patrick, in eight games. Oh, no. In those eight games, he has managed to blow a save in one of them, only pitched six and two-thirds innings, so less than an inning per appearance. He's given up eight hits, three of them home runs. He has walked two, hit two, I walked three and hit two, sorry, and struck out nine. So opponents are hitting 286 this month, and his whip is at 165. Uh, not ideal for a guy that Charlie Montoyo thought was ready for more high leverage. We've seen that. In fact, no, he was not. <laughs> the narrator voice came in and said he was not. He was not ready for more high leverage situations. Um, it sounds like Ryan Barucki's throwing off a mound, and Julian Merriweather is close behind. So the Blue Jays do have reinforcements on the way. The optimistic timeline for Baraki is potentially later this month. He's off a mound now. He gets a couple of sessions in. Could get him down to AAA for a couple of appearances and then get him back with the big club. All right, looking ahead to this this week's series, we've got a two-game set down at a Lone Depot Park in Miami to play the Marlins. The Blue Jays enter at 35-35. and 35. The Marlins are at 31-40. and 40. Game one tomorrow night, Patrick Marsh is going to feature friend of the show, Ross Chicken Strip, against uh, Sandy Alcantara. Not Alcantara, as Buck Martinez kept saying the last time. That was so mad. Uh, but Strips has looked yeah. pretty good. This, obviously, over his last month, we've seen the guy uh, pitch super well. Uh, Alcantara threw a, a complete game against uh, the Cardinals last week, even though they walked him off. Uh, and, but he did allow four runs against us when he last faced us on June the 1st. So it's only been three weeks since we last saw Alcantara. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how he looks the second time against us. What do you think about that first matchup? 
Uh, it's a tough one. It's a tall ask for uh, for strips, but uh, since May the sixteenth, uh, Ross's ERA is two point four five. Yeah, uh, he's been he's been great for us. Um, our record in the five games that he's played in, four of which he started, is two and three. Uh, however, uh, that's not really reflective of the quality of his pitching because it's no. actually been <laughs> he's been very outsta- good. He's been outstanding. There's uh, there's not much you can do in a situation like that. Obviously, we saw some frustration the last time he played. Uh, I think it'll be a different story this time. He's already apologized profusely for it. There's nothing else yeah. to be said about it. Uh, it's a juicy matchup. Alcantara it is. is tough. We gotta if we're gonna win that game, we gotta knock him out of the game as fast as possible. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, on Wednesday, also an evening start at seven ten Eastern time, we have TBD versus Trevor Rogers, who is seven and three with a one eighty seven ERA for the Marlins. He's a left-handed pitcher. Ooh. He's been really really good. Uh, he's gonna be working on seven days rest. For this start too because it mammy's had a couple of off days in there and uh speaking of off days the blue jays have obviously have one today monday is when we're recording this episode and there's a couple of scenarios that could happen here so that tbd start that's when steven Matz would theoretically be eligible to come off the covid il uh, now Matz has always been asymptomatic according to all team reports and has been throwing up to 70 pitches into a net so he has kept some of his stamina up. Obviously, he hasn't pitched in a game, though, since the last time he started in, in Boston. Um, so we've kind of outlined a possible pitching scenario uh, that if Matt's isn't ready, we kind of have the next week lined up. So because of today's off day, Patrick Marsh, the Blue Jays could use that just to keep everybody on their regular rest cycles. So Robbie Ray would be able to start on Wednesday if Matt's is not ready uh, on his regular rest. Obviously, Ray threw 100 pitches in his last time out and only lasted like four and a third or whatever it was. So he didn't have an insanely high workload, just as a lot of high-stress pitches. So he could still pitch on regular rest against Miami on Wednesday if Mats is not ready. Or it could be Mats. You never know. On Thursday, we could see Alec Manoa on his regular rest cycle. Obviously, he got ejected in his last game, so he didn't pitch a full uh, workload either. Or again, it could be Steven Matz. So it could be Manoa or Matz on Thursday. Friday is where it gets interesting. You could do Hunjin Ryu on regular rest. You could do Alec Manoa on an extra day if Matz pitches on Thursday. Or again, Steven Matz can be ready for Friday. The ideal scenario is likely that Robbie Ray pitches Wednesday, Alec Manoa pitches on regular rest Thursday, and then Steven Matz comes back on Friday. That gives that Ryu give the us... extra day of rest for Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And then strips yeah. on a regular And then schedule. strips on regular we'll for on Sunday. Sunday. And that navigates around having to use a TJ Zoik or an Anthony K in a start, even though I guess K wouldn't really be able to do a start because he just pitched yesterday. Uh, yeah. They would have to wait until Friday at least to give, him a, to give him a start, and I don't think they would based on the way he threw. And even Trent Thornton probably pitched himself out of a, out of a spot start as well with the way he pitched uh, against Baltimore too. So this scenario to me makes a lot of sense. Uh, we spent a few minutes going over it before we started recording just to try and get our stories straight. Um, but it would allow the Jays to not have to worry about either adding somebody to the roster or doing a bullpen day because right now our bullpen needs all the help and all the rest it can get without having to be asked to pitch nine innings. Um, but some questions about the rotation, Patrick Marsh. Right now, 
Who is the weak spot in the rotation, including Steven Matz? Who's the weak spot? It's Alec Manoa for sure. Yeah, I would agree with that. Absolutely it is. And it's not because Alec Manoa is bad. It's just that Alec Manoa has been the most inconsistent. He has five major league starts. He does, and he gave up four <laughs> home runs in the last game. He yeah. did not look very good. He's also had three very good ones. He's been three good and, yes. and two not so good so far. But, like, his bads have been alarmingly bad, while his goods have been, you know, baseline, acceptable, good. So, like, he's yeah. not – he hasn't – it's he hasn't, been He hasn't returns. dominated, but, I mean, no. you can't expect a rookie to dominate. No, it's been diminishing returns, though, since his first start. So, as far as, ex- like, not excitement, but, like, domination. So, I don't expect very much from him at this point. And even then, he's definitely the weak spot in the rotation. Okay. Um, opposite of that, what do you think is the strongest point? Or, like, who do you have the most confidence in right now? Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is striking out like something like thir- somewhere between thirteen and sixteen uh, batters <laughs> per, nine. per nine innings. That's it's massive. it's just it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I prefer the strikeout to someone like Ryu who gives up a lot of fly balls. Uh, it seems to me like this year in particularly, we're seeing a lot more of those balls travel over the fence than we we saw last year, and that is concerning in the long run. Yeah. And that we're already starting to see a decline from Ryu. However, he was fantastic on the yeah, weekend. He made adjustments. I'm still saying Ryu is my strong spot. I still have the most confidence in him to deliver a quality start and give the team a chance to win every time he pitches. He's the type of pitcher who can navigate around one bad inning and still give you seven like he did yesterday. He, I mean, not that the first was a bad inning. He gave up a solo shot and a, and a single uh, and then only gave up two hits, a- two hits after that. So it's like a bad Ryu start. Feel it feels like it's bad when he gives up a run in the first inning and then he shuts the team down for six more. So I still think he's the strong point for me. But yeah, Robbie Ray is like they're like one A one B for the Jays right now. Yep, I would say it's 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 a battle between the two of them for yeah. sure. Um, okay, I still give it to Ray. I still give it to Ray. Yeah. I like I like I, the strikeouts. I can't argue against you. <laughs> I'll put it that way. Um, now you, you mentioned Manoa is the weak point, and I agree with you there. Does he also have the shortest leash in the rotation right now? Mm, yes, because I think enough goodwill has been built up from the last calendar month from Ross Stripling that he he he's definitely regained the favor. Of, yeah, uh, he should have regained the favor of everybody, based on the stats I've already vomited up in this episode. He's a, <laughs> he's he's a fantastic number five right now when he's on his game because he if you look at it look at the scenario we're in now he's getting two starts this week probably yep i feel very confident that he will be able to mow down at least one in one of these starts it's just the way that he he performs he's a solid performer he's very deceptive with his delivery now that he's made the adjustments it's it's crazy though a guy whose career was on the ropes makes just yeah, a makes couple couple makes a couple of adjustments and just like that nobody can say anything about the quality of of his stuff anymore because it's just he's figured out the delivery part yeah and also back to Man- the point on Manoa too he's really the, he's the only guy that has like minor league options and can be sent back to Buffalo if things don't go yep. well and you, and you don't really feel bad about it cuz you've seen what he is capable of 
He is capable of giving you six innings of a quality start in the major league, in major league baseball, and he's done it against the Yankees. He did it against the Red Sox. He pitched well against the White Sox. Like he's done it against three of the top teams in the American in the American League, and he struggled against Baltimore. So um, a rookie is going to have ups and downs. Obviously, got tossed in that last game for they say intentionally throwing at a guy, even though I don't agree. But that's yeah, beside the point. Um, yeah, I, I, but right now it's like you don't really have anybody that you feel more confident in that spot than Manoa because you still need to see another three or four starts of, of quality from Nate Pearson before you even consider giving him another shot at it. And then the only, only other really option is the, the trade market. Um, the Jays would love to get like a, a rental type free agent, like say a Max Scherzer, for example, who is currently on the, on the injured list, by the way. And the Nationals haven't decided if they're going to sell yet, even though they probably will sell a guy like Scherzer who is on an expiring contract. It makes sense. You'd love to see the Jays go after and, and make a splash with a guy like that who would command a decent price but wouldn't command a ton because he's an expiring contract. So uh, that would be the only scenario for me where I see somebody replacing Manoa is either if Pearson outpitches what Manoa's been doing or if uh, they trade for somebody with more experience and, a, and a, a more of a name like a Scherzer type. So, I mean, relative to what it was like in May when the team kind of fell off of its high note. Yeah. Uh, this rotation of five, you can have a lot more confidence. I have a it. lot of confidence. They've been great the last, like the last month. Looking at the, the six games this week. So from Tuesday to Sunday, uh, looking at the what what we can project as the matchups, yeah, what, we're probably going to see Matt Harvey again. <laughs> what for exactly? Uh, for for you personally, what is the minimum record the Jays can have four and two? That you would consider that's your minimum. That's my minimum. Four and two. They've got to win. They've got to either they've got to split the Miami series and then go three and one against Baltimore for me to consider this like a success. I don't care how they get to four wins. They've just got to. They've got to win four. If they lose the first two to Miami, they got to sweep Baltimore. Um, the Jays are in the business the rest of the season of winning two to three games in order to get to the win total that they likely need to make the playoffs. Ninety-three. Yeah, they've got to play at about a six sixty-seven <laughs> win percentage, or close to a six fifty. So winning two to three games gets you there. So I think they need to win four to six to go two to three. They're on pace right now to win 85 games based on Fangraphs. They've got to add about eight to that, I think. Yep. Well, the the Yankees are projected to win 92, and they're expected to be WC two. Yeah. So if they're if they're the second wild card, uh, then yeah, you gotta. Not only do you have to beat the living piss out of the Yankees every time <laughs> you play them, you have to beat up on Baltimore. Look at all the ball, those juicy Baltimore games. We've got this. Uh, this stretch of six games here, and then we play Tampa. Yeah. And then guess who's back in town? It's Baltimore. So there's a there's a lot of games to be played against Baltimore, and we got to win almost every single one of them. Yeah. So I agree with you there. There, I looked at the schedule, and I think there's 18 games left before the All Star break. If the Jays are going to make a move if they're if we're not you know sticking a fork in them and saying they're done at least 12 and 6 i would i would say if anything i'd say 14 and 4 you've got to you've got to pummel baltimore now this is it this is what yeah. everybody was seattle's week 2 and we get them and we get them after this as well so 
Yep. We need to beat up on all those teams, and it needs to be just merciless. And the Mariners actually just swept the Athletics, didn't they? Or no, they swept the Rays. Yeah, they did. They did, they did us a huge favor by sweeping a four-game series. Tampa's lost six in a row. They're reeling after losing Glasnow, so... Yeah, there's a lot of all those teams right now. Every team in the American League right now is has been floating up and down. Uh, there is not a lot of consistency. This is the time if we are go, this week right here. If we rattle off six wins, and the rest of those teams flounder, or if they can only go 500, boys, we're boys. seven and a half or six and a half <laughs> back right now. Let's do a little. Let's do a little look here before we shut her down here let's look at the mlb standings so we're seven back right now the red sox the red sox are six and four in their last 10 uh so they've been remarkably consistent despite the fact that they were expected to be the shits they're winning uh, two out of three <laughs> yeah um they're dominating on the road but they've been whatever at home uh the rays four and six in their last 10 they're half game back of the red Sox, uh and like you said they've, they've lost a lot of games in a row not looking too hot for them the yankees are 38 and 33 they're six and four in their last 10 they're kind of rolling off that high they got from uh beating on us uh and they actually just got their run differential to zero congratulations uh they're a mediocre team uh the jays are kind of the definition of mediocre until they can get their shit together. Six and a half back of the wild card. So if they're going to do this, can you imagine rattling off six wins here this week? That's how you do it. Yeah, you, you need you need to. You got to you gotta pummel these teams. Seattle is right at the ship. They've won four in a row, like I just said. And, and they're one of the teams we have to pass. So... These are meaningful games, and they're tough opponents. There's still tons of juicy games against Kansas City, Minnesota, Detroit, and Baltimore to come. The back half of our schedule is a lot weaker, a lot weaker. But we have to, you know, we have to put up the Ws. It has to, our record has to reflect the weakness that we play. So I'm saying we go five and one this week, and uh, we're back in, we're back in talks. We're back in talks, buddy. All right. I could subscribe to that. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, people should subscribe to us. They should. Uh, um, on all of our channels. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So Twitter, at BFMD Podcast. Shoot us a follow there. We send out lots of Jay's information. I reply with uh, sometimes sarcastic tweets to idiots on Twitter. It's a fun time of mine. Uh, sometimes I just get into it with people. Um, where you can find the show, though, on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and Google Podcasts, along with others like Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Stitcher, TuneIn, and many more. The, web's, the uh, website is bfmdpodcast.com. All episodes are posted there, too. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. We navigated around a power outage in this one, Patrick. My power went out about 35 minutes into recording, so... Um, Kudos to Patrick for being a champ and living without air conditioning for a few extra minutes, but Ooh, we'll, we'll, here. we'll wrap it up <laughs> so that Patrick can turn that AC unit back on. Uh, for Patrick out in Halifax, Justin here in Saskatoon, we'll catch you guys on the weekend after the Baltimore series. Bye.